Everybody ready for the word? Consider the story of the golden Buddha in 19. Oh, we need to give me. Hold up. Stop. Stop. We're not going to talk about Buddha with me up there. All right. So that's right. But we'll talk after church. All right. So, so go ahead. Consider the story of the Golden Buddha. In 1957, a monastery in Thailand was being relocated and a group of monks was put in charge of moving a giant clay Buddha. In the midst of the move, one of the monks noticed a crack in the Buddha. Concerned about damaging the idol, the monks decided to wait a day before continuing with their task. Later on, one of the monks came to check on the giant statue. He shined his flashlight over the entire Buddha. And when he reached the crack, he saw something reflected back at him. His curiosity aroused, the monk got a hammer and a chisel and began chipping away at the clay Buddha. As he knocked off piece after piece of clay, the Buddha got brighter and brighter. After hours of work, the monk looked up in amazement to see standing before him a huge solid gold Buddha. Historians believe the Buddha had been covered with clay by Thai monks several hundred years earlier before an attack by the Burmese army. They covered the Buddha to protect it. In the attack all the monks were killed. So it wasn't until 1957 that the great treasure was discovered. What do you think about that? You know, I read this story um, from a book I was reading by Dr. Tim Elmore called um, Habitudes. And in that story, um, he goes on to recount how that they discovered back in 1957, this golden Buddha that had been covered with clay. It had been uh, hidden away for for many, many, um, many years. I I was really intrigued, uh, intrigued by this story. And I thought to myself, I thought, you know, one of these days I'm going to get to, that's going to be a great uh, sermon opener, a sermon illustration. You know, there's so many things you could do about talking about how that your value's hidden inside and it's covered by all kinds of different things. And as I was thinking about this, all of a sudden, the Lord just began to, um, he began to speak to me. And uh, he began to say that, you know what, Sam, that's not a great sermon illustration for somebody else. That's a great personal illustration about you. Uh, wait a minute, Lord, what are you talking about? I said, I'm, I'm working on the weight loss thing here, you know? I said, uh, what's, what's, he said, no, it's not about that. He goes, you know, in many ways, he said, it, it represents how over the last period, the last season of your life, you've been living, you've been allowing just things, circumstances, life situations to bring you to a place where, um, where you just, you've been kind of overloaded, overloaded with stress, overloaded with cares, overloaded with concern. You've got, um, just kind of been covered up with stuff. You've been, um, you know, uh, operating, just kind of bouncing back and forth from fatigue to survival. And there'd been a lot of weariness. I had, um, had allowed my life to get filled up with, um, with more than I could really, could really carry. Uh, Allowed things and circumstances and situations just to, to crowd into a place where 
literally, um, my strength, my vitality, my passion was just, just wearing, wearing away. I, um, I was doing everything that needed to be done. I was still, you know, doing what needed to be done here at the church. We had some things going on with our business that was taking place. And, but it all just became such a, an effort. It became such a, um, it was just like it was a task. It was putting one foot in front of the other. I knew that there was uh, something that was obviously missing from where I, um, where I really wanted to be. There was, there was still in my heart. I was still praying, still longing for the Lord, wanted to, wanted to be in that place where I was soaring, you know, just, man, just riding high, but that's just not where, where I was at. And, um, and of course, you, you all helped. I mean, there, were, there was um, about a dozen different people during that season of time that um, would come up and would just say things like, um, hey, how you doing? I go, I'm, I'm doing good, you know, I, I think. And, 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 you know, by now, do you realize if somebody's coming up and saying, hey, are you okay? That what they're really saying is, hey, you're not okay. <laughs> right? Anybody said that to you today? <laughs> you okay? <laughs> so, and, um, and so then I, I really began to kind of catch hold of, God, there's something deeper that's going on. There's something um, that's... Uh, that's just not not where where it where it should be. I wasn't living from a place of fullness, living in a, from a place uh, where I where I'd like to live. And I began to remember. I began to think back about what it's like when I was living in fullness and and, and, and not letting things crowd me in, but 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 living in that uh, living inside the margins. And that's the series we're going to talk about. Does anybody remember what it was like? Do you, do you remember what it's like? Do you, do you know what it's like? Maybe you're there now when you're, when you're living filled up and you're, 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 you're walking in the fullness of the Lord and, and, and things are good and you're, and you're living with discipline. And, and can, can you remember that? Man, I, you know, and I began to remember, I began to remember that, that and to think about when I'm, when I'm filled up, when I'm walking with the presence of the Lord, when I'm passionate with the Lord, when I'm, when I'm a- allowing things to flow right in my life. So, those are some of my most productive times. Does anybody know, you know what it's like when, man, it's just like, man, things are clicking and things are happening and I'm productive and, and creativity is flowing and, and I don't know about you, but there's times I can remember creativity not flowing. But man, I love it when the creativity's flowing and, and, and joy is a present in my life. And do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been there where it's like, man, it's, life really is. It's joyful and it's wonderful and you feel energized and you're faith-filled and you're, and you're using your time wisely and, and, and you're enjoying relationships, you know? You just can't wait to see your wife or your kids, right? Or your friends or your in-laws or any of that, you know, you're just, man, you're living in this place where, where it's just good and it's healthy and your confidence, man, you're feeling confident about life. Your, you know, your, your, your sails are just full of the wind of the presence of God and things are moving along. You're just cutting through the seas at a, at a great pace. And, you know, when I, when I'm living from that full place, that's, uh, that's the times when, when, when it seems like my time with the Lord, my prayer times are just powerful. 
Do you, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like I'm really connecting with God and, and it's like he's sitting in the car with me and we're riding together and we're talking together and, and he's speaking into my life and I'm, I'm sharing my life with him. And it, man, it just, it's just wonderful. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Does anybody remember? You know what those times are like when you're just living in that place where, where you're good with God and you're good with your family, your, your relationships are good, you're sleeping well, you're, you're eating good, you're exercising, you're, 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 you're making good decisions, right? You, you know, you're, you're, you're making good decisions with your time and your money and, and all of your, your resources and, and things are just good. Anybody ever had any of those times? Four people, God, please, no. Has anybody ever had any of those times? Man, isn't that a great, great place to live? We're living with more discipline. We're, we're, just, we're just in a good place. And I found myself just longing, longing, God, I wanna be back at that place. I wanna be there. And I sensed it was not just me longing for it, but God drawing, God drawing me to that place. God, uh, beginning to, to push and to, and, and to, and to you know, just, just say, come on, son, and, and move me into that place. And isn't that what we really, isn't that what we all want today? Isn't that where we really want to live? Does anybody want to live there? If not, we'll, we'll go eat donuts and go home. I mean, does anybody want to, I want to live there. I want to live there. And with Yvette's help and Pastor Chris and the elders and your prayers and uh, I was given the encouragement. I was given the opportunity this earlier this summer to take some time and to and to really focus on health and, and get life back in order with God's help. And and can I tell you, I feel the wind again. I do. You know, but 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 during that time, um, as God began to help me establish margin and and get things in right order in my life. I was so thankful, but there's something else that I noticed that God did. He began to make me and calls me and help me to be sensitive to other people who were maybe in that same situation. I don't know how it all works. Maybe has anybody ever heard of the reticular activating system? You know, it's like, man, you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, you buy a Jeep and all of a sudden everybody, there's Jeeps everywhere, you know? So it's right. You, uh, you, you know, you're, you're, uh, you know, you're expecting a baby and everybody's pregnant, you know I mean? It's just, and that's how it felt. It felt like every time I turned around, Every time I, I spoke to somebody, every time I was uh, listening to somebody, I, it was like I was almost overly alert to hearing people say words like, like, I am just stressed out. Did you ever hear that in the conversations, day-to-day -day conversations? I'm stressed out. I mean, it was like every time I turned around, somebody was just telling me about how worn out they were and how maxed out they were and how it was just overloaded. People were overloaded. Now listen, these are good people. I'm not talking about people steeped in sin and, and just, just their lives, living crazy lives and all that kind of stuff. Good people doing good things, just not living full. Bouncing, I like to call it bouncing on E. You know, the car is right on E. That's one of my favorite things to do. Get in and start the car and the light come on, you know, fly. Oh, empty, empty, empty. So just living on E. And, and I think like, like so many of us, like I've done at times, we, we're on E and we stop and get a dollar's worth, <laughs> right? 
that just gets us to the next gas station, right? And that's, that's how people were living, all right? And living with no margin in life. And can I ask you, do you know what it's like to live there? Do you know what it's like to live in a place of emptiness? Has, has anybody ever, you don't have to raise your hand, but has anybody ever been to that place? Tired, ongoing fatigue, never feeling rested, always on edge, just, just, I've got that one nerve out there and somebody's always about to step on it, right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, just, just right there, just on the edge and spiritually, just going through the motions. Still read my Bible, still pray, still have my time with the Lord, but, but, but it, it just feels religious. It, there, there's no life to it. Our passion and our zeal have waned, our prayers I'm embarrassed to even think about some of the prayers that I've prayed in those times. Faith and power. God, just help me survive this next hour, right? So, God, if I could just make it to heaven, just get out of here someday, right? But I, I think we've been there. Shallowness in our lives, faithlessness. We go to great efforts to hide where we're really at at those times, don't we? Sometimes those efforts are by keeping people at arm's distance. Don't let people get too close because if they get too close, they may really smell the scent of the lifelessness that's abiding in me. We, we, we put on the big smile. We, man, we're quick to glad hand and how you doing, brother? God bless you, right? And all the time there's this emptiness in our lives. Our relationships suffer. Our perspective and value of people suffers. Instead of getting filled up by these relationships, we're bothered by relationships, you know? You're sitting there just trying to survive and all of a sudden you hear your wife call your name. Sweetheart. And your first thought isn't, oh, she wants me. I mean, she wants me, right? And so it's like, what does she want now? She can take the garbage out herself, right? Is it so important? Just because the house is on fire, does she have to disturb me right this minute? We've been there, haven't we? We've been there. Your kids bicker. They just tease and fuss a little bit and all of a sudden you're blowing up. You're like a madman. You're going crazy. Life is the pits. You're in despair. God, is there any hope? And all they wanted was a drink of water. I mean, come on, you know? I mean, our reactions may be out of order just a little bit, do you think? You know, it's like the guy who gets road rage and there's no traffic on the road. Yeah, so... During times like this, we all try to find a way of, to, to, to cope with it, to deal with it, to survive these times. Some people turn to drugs. Some turn to alcohol. Some overeat. I mean, you know, like not just a cookie, but all the cookies in the store. I mean, you know, that's right, so... 
Some people turn to pornography. Some people binge watch television. Get in bed, and cuddle up next to your iPad or your computer and, and turn on Netflix and not just watch a segment. We watch a series. I mean, like in one night of things that we don't even care about. <laughs> just something to occupy our minds. Some people turn to work. Got to work, work, work. Put their noses to the grindstone. Work, work, work. You know what happens if you keep your nose to the grindstone? You end up with a flat face. That is not pretty. <laughs> they work like crazy people. They're always working on something, always busy with something, always doing something. And if they're not doing something now, they're working on something to get to the next something, right? Take pride in it. Ooh, I'm such a good person. I work two, three, four, five jobs. I'm working, 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 working. Like that's a badge of merit. And that's what they often become. Working like madmen, mad they often become madmen. I'm mad at the world. I'm mad at everybody. I'm mad at everything and every, that's put me into this situation. I'm mad at circumstances. I'm mad at people. And I'm mad at God for allowing it. We move to a place where our sleep patterns suffer. We are tired all the time. And then the guilt kicks in. The shame attacks us. Our regrets plague us for the way that we've treated people, how we've lived our lives, how we've used our time. We've been doing what we know that we should not do. And there's a lot of ways that we could have lived better. And we're so embarrassed and ashamed and guilty because of it. I find out that, that for me and I think for others that I've talked to when they come to this point and to this place, that it's common for people at this time to feel worn out. Anybody ever heard someone, I'm just worn out, just worn out. And they move from being worn out to getting to the place where they feel like they're just gonna pass out, you know? Just, 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 I just wanna take one breath just so I don't pass out. I need, I just, I can't get enough air. I just can't, I can't get enough. They go from wanting to pass out than from wanting to shut out. They want to shut out everything, everybody. They just want to run. They just want to hide. And in some instances, we find people ultimately who said, I've just got to get out. And whether that means running from a family, running from a relationship, trying to hide in a bottle, or even some go to the ultimate place that I've just got to get out of life. And all too much that's happening in our world today. So aren't you glad you came to church? Everybody doing good? Yeah. Put on a big smile. Oh, we're doing good. We're wonderful. Yeah, we're, just look at the person. I'm, I'm great. I'm great. Just tell the person, I'm great. Yeah, everything's wonderful. Everything's good. Yeah. I hope you are great. Maybe, maybe this is just a, a fantasy world that I'm living in that's, uh, that's not true about anybody here today. But if it is true, I've got good news for you. I've got some good news for you today because God loves you so much that he let us plan a series that's gonna be helpful for you. It's gonna help you get to the place where once again you can get your life ordered. It's gonna help you get to a place where once again you can live within the margins. And if this message isn't for you today, personally, can I tell you this? It's for you to prepare 
to be prepared to give it to somebody else. Because can I tell you, this situation we've talked about so far this morning is epidemic in our world. It's epidemic. You can't walk down the street. You can't go through the hallways of a workplace or school and not rub shoulders with somebody who's dealing with this today. Amen? Amen. So I do have, um, like I said, it's, um, I think we see so many people that are living right there, living outside the margins. They're on the edge of crashing and burning. But I have a word for you today. That's not going to be you. Look at me. Listen to me. That's not going to be you. That's not going to be you. That's not going to be you. It's not going to be you. Anybody hear me this morning? It's not going to be you. It's not God's plan for you. It's not going to be you. It's not what we're going to allow. It's not what God's going to let take place. It's not going to be you. Amen? Turn to somebody beside you and look at me. Listen to me here. Look at them. Turn to them. Look at them. Say, it's not going to be me. Come on, say it again. It's not going to be me. That's not going to be me. Because we are going to let the Holy Spirit teach us and empower us to live within the margins. Amen? Anybody say, yes, that's me. I'm Holy Spirit, come and do it. Come on, say, Holy Spirit, come and do it. Do it in my life. Do it for me. Do it now. Do it now. Live within the margins. Margin, the space between our pace and our limits. The space between our pace and our limits. Now listen to this. Margin doesn't limit us. It's like the guardrails on a road in Costa Rica a few weeks ago. We were going up into the mountains to visit the, um, um, the people up that lived up there. I can't think of how to say their name now. But we were traveling in, in up this, this mountain, this rocky road in this mountain. And let me tell you, I was on the side and there were no guardrails. I would not have minded guardrails. I would have appreciated guardrails, you know? Okay, so, so margin doesn't limit us. Margins empower us to go the distance. They empower us to experience victory. Amen? I don't want to see us being people who live lives that just kind of always living on the red line, okay? And I, and I want to encourage you, if you get some time, go on YouTube and look up, um, I was going to show this, but uh, I got the video in too late. Just go in and watch um, like trucks living on, motors on the red line. I'm, it's crazy. I mean, there was like this, these trucks and tractors and tractor pulls and all this stuff, and they're just red line, red line, red line, and all of a sudden there's this huge explosion that takes place, and pieces and parts are being thrown all over the place, motors being cast out. <laughs> That's not going to be you. God's got a better plan. Amen? Amen. Will you join me as we pray? Father, today, I thank you that you care about every single one of us and that you have a plan, God, not for us to succumb or to give in or to yield to or to live under, but to be victorious, to live within and to live over. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come and speak and minister to us in Jesus' name, amen. You know, this situation we're talking about is not a new situation. As a matter of fact, it's a situation that Jesus dealt with during his day. In Luke chapter 10, 
you want to take your Bibles and turn there, go there on your phones, your computers or whatever. Okay. Let me encourage you, do your best to be here the next few weeks as we talk about living in the margins. I believe this is a timely word for God's people right now. I encourage you to be here with us, okay? Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now as they went their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her and said, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Martha's chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So let's look at a couple things in this section of scripture, all right? I think this is one of the most intriguing sections of scriptures in the Bible, okay? So number one, Jesus cared about people. He cares about people. He cares about you. Jesus cared. So Mary and Martha, we know them from the scriptures. Okay, Jesus is out traveling. He's out ministering. And from time to time, he would come and he would stay with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He, they, they had a little prophet's chamber set up for him. And he would come in. He was a friend of the house. He was welcoming in the house. So he comes into their, to their house one day and... Um, while he's there, he begins to teach, he begins to share, he begins to talk with the family and the people that are gathered there. I love this, okay? Jesus is in the living room sitting by the fireplace, got his feet propped up and he's teaching. Mary's sitting there listening, beholding to his words. And Martha's in the kitchen and she's been cooking and she's been getting things ready and she's about had enough. She's stressed out, maxed out, burned out, ready to get out, so she's going to take it out on somebody, right? Now, we don't know anybody like that that would ever do that. But I think it's interesting. She walks into the living room. I can see her with her apron on, her wooden paddle, her little spoon in her hand, right? Points her hand with the spoon, points it in Jesus' face and says, Lord, don't you care? Now, isn't that a way to describe Jesus how many people realize that that's just so contrary, that's impossible for Jesus not to care? As a matter of fact, if it wasn't for Jesus, there wouldn't be any care in the world because it all starts from him, right? God is love, okay? So she points her finger in Jesus's face and says, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care? Anybody here ever wondered, God, don't you care? God, do you care about my circumstance? Do you care about my situation? Do you care about the desires of my life? Let me tell you today, look at my eyes and let me tell you today, it's impossible for Jesus not to care about you Amen. or your circumstance or your situation or your issue. It's impossible for him not to care. And so Jesus responds. He goes to her and he, he's listening to her and he, um, he tells her, he says, hey, um, I do care. I, I do care. Uh, what I love about Jesus is that when he's, she's pointing her wooden spoon in his face, he doesn't reject her. He, he, he doesn't rebuke her insolence. How dare you treat me this way? Do you not know I am the Lord? He doesn't do that. He doesn't neglect her. He doesn't get offended by her. He doesn't reject her. 
He cares for her. And because of his care for her, he listened to her. Now, I don't know if you've ever dealt this with this, but there have been times when there have been things that have been just kind of irritating and, and bugging and, and, and making me upset for so long that, that there are things that I want to say that then it frustrates me because I want to say them and so I just feel like I just can't even talk to the Lord. Because if I really told him what was in my heart, what was in my mind, what was going on inside of me, he would reject me or neglect me or be disappointed in me. And so can I tell you this morning, <coughs> God's not disappointed in you. He, he doesn't neglect you. He doesn't reject you. He's not upset with you because of where you're at, what you've done, the situation you're in right now. That's not who he is. Are you hearing this this morning? He, he's not upset with you. And so what he does then is uh, he, he says to her, and I like this, he, he looks at her and, he, and she says, um, Martha, he says to Martha, he says, Martha, who was distracted about much serving, he says to her, he says, hey, Martha, Martha, he calls her by name. He knows who she is. He knows what she's doing. And I believe that's the same thing for us. I believe today that, that Jesus is speaking your name and he's saying, hey, I know where you're at. I know where you're at and what you're doing is important and it's not bad and it needs to be done. But maybe it, let's just put it down for a minute and come close and come close. And that's what we want to do today. We want to come close. We want to push everything else outside the margins and come close to Jesus. Amen. A second thing that Jesus did is that Jesus dared. Okay. Jesus cared and then Jesus dared. Now, I don't know if you've ever had an angry woman pointing a stick in your face. I pray that's not a regular occurrence in your house. But if you ever... You know, I'm just not sure I would be as brave as Jesus because when she's pointing that stick in his face, that, that spoon in his face, and then Jesus begins to, he dared to correct her. Are, are you willing to receive just a little correction this morning? Can, can Jesus dare to bring some correction? So he corrected her. He said to her, look, Martha, you're not doing bad things, just not the best things. As a matter of fact, you're just probably doing too many things. Need to get within the margins. I like how she's described. It says that, that Martha, he said to her, he said, but Martha was distracted with much serving and she went up to him and when she said this and then Jesus said to her, Martha, you are anxious. You're anxious. You have anxiety filling your life. Anybody ever met somebody who was anxious? That wouldn't be us, but you've met somebody that way, right? Filled with anxiety. Do you know what anxiety is? Here, let me, let me give you a definition. Anxiety is experiencing worry, unease, nervousness, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Okay, here's some other things, synonyms for anxiety or for anxiousness. Worried, concerned, just, just check the boxes as I go along, okay? Worried, concerned, uneasy, apprehensive, fearful, perturbed, perturbed, troubled, 
bothered, disturbed, distressed, disquieted, fretful, agitated, nervous, edgy, antsy, unquiet, on edge, tense, overwrought, worked up, keyed up, jumpy, worried, sick, with one's stomach in knots, with one heart, one's heart in one's mouth, with butterflies in one's stomach, uptight, trepidatious, jittery, twitzy, in a dither, in a lather, in a tizzy, strung out, antsy, spooked, and squirrely. Just look, no, don't even look around, all right? Don't there seem to be a little bunch of squirrely people around nowadays? Martha, you're acting a little squirrely today, right? I'm telling you, Jesus was a brave man. He really was. He says, not only that, not only are you anxious, but you're troubled about many things. It wasn't just the one thing. It wasn't just Mary sitting at Jesus' feet. That was the convenient thing to talk about. We get to this place in life where you walk in and shut the door, you know? What are you slamming the door for? I didn't slam the door. Okay, I mean, I've heard stories like this. That hasn't happened in our house, okay? Okay, no, it really hasn't this week. So it's a, but, right? But you're troubled about many things. Can, can I just say that, that if everything is ticking you off, if everything and everybody perturbs you, if everybody else is acting squirrely, maybe there's a common denominator. Maybe it's not the one thing that just irritates you. It's not the boss. It's not the wife. It's not the husband. It's not the kids. It's not the financials. Maybe, maybe there's many things that are going on. And, and maybe the basis of all of this, this anxiety and this troubled with many things, maybe, it, maybe it's this issue of fear versus trust. I wonder if Jesus was just saying, Martha, Come on and sit down for a minute. The food will get taken care of. I wonder if Jesus is saying to us today at times, hey, just put it, no, I'm, not, no, I'm not advocating for sloth, all right? Anybody ever seen a sloth? We went to the aquarium the other day. That was hilarious, watching a sloth. That's, that's a, that's a, that you, you are a patient person to watch sloth. It's like, hurry up and scratch your head. I mean, you're, I have not got time for this, right? Maybe Jesus is saying, push it aside for a minute. Push the stress aside. And, and, and really, I think what Jesus is telling Martha is, is why, don't you, why don't you go ahead and accept what I've given you? And that is the spirit, that is my presence which conquers every fear. Aren't you thankful for 2 Timothy chapter 1 where it says this? It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? But of power and love and of a sound mind. And the New English translation version says this, for the spirit of God does not make us timid. We don't have to live in this place of timidity where everything can, can come on us and over us and before we know it, we're like the golden Buddha and we've got a foot of clay and stuff and junk and people have been sticking gum and soda wrappers on, you know, and, and it's time to get the junk off. God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but he gives us power and love 
in a sound mind, a mind that's able to rightly receive information, correctly process information, and boldly act on that information. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power. God has given you a spirit of power to not be under the situation, but overcome the situation. God has given you power, love, and self-discipline. And finally, Jesus shared. Jesus shared the answer with Martha. Martha, the answer, thank you for your hospitality. Thank you for your conscientiousness. Thank you for your busyness about many things. But one thing, one thing, thing, can I tell you folks that the starting place for victory over the stress and the anxiety and the difficult, yeah, but pastor, you don't understand my situation. You don't understand how difficult my relationship is and you don't understand how bad he is or how difficult my financial situation is. You don't understand and you don't understand how crazy my parents are, but all parents are crazy. No, yours are just at a different level. Okay. But, but hey, Look, can I tell you this? There is nothing beyond the scope of Jesus' ability to bring power and love and a soundness of mind of how to deal with that situation. Can Can I say it ultimately really does boil down to a faith issue. Am I gonna trust the job for my finances or am I gonna trust God for my finances? Amen? Am I going to trust that God is faithful to what he has said and faithful to who he is? Or am I going to be able to just continue looking at the mountain? I'm just going to keep receiving the junk. I'm just going to keep letting stuff be piled on. No. Look, you have the power to not be a victim. Let me say it again. You have the power to not be a victim. Yeah, but our marriage has been like this for so long. Then let God fix it. Amen. Let me ask you this. Is there a problem too big for God to solve? Isn't it amazing how many times? Yeah, but we're the exception. (laughs) You're not the exception. Your situation's not the exception. Your circumstances are not the exception. With all sincerity today, I believe that Jesus is doing the same thing to us today that he's doing to, that he did to Martha. He's saying, put it down. Just put it down for a few minutes. Come sit. In a little bit, we'll all go to the kitchen. We'll all take care of it together, okay? But, but choose the best thing. Choose the best thing. And the best thing is Jesus' presence. This morning, we're going to receive communion. We're going to take some time this morning to dwell in his presence. Guys, would you go ahead and serve, please?